Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods, yeah One in particular, I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock uh. Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, coach it in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go what's going on everybody welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast proud members of the full-time fantasy podcast network you can find them at ftfpodnet on twitter you can find me at sportsfanaticmb on twitter your host for the evening matthew bruning Joining me today, as always, is Dennis Bennett, who you can follow at Culture underscore Coach, and Matthew Fox, who you can follow at Nighthawk7734. We've got a special guest joining us today. We will be joined by Mark Donaldson of ESPN. He has been gracious enough to take some time out of his day. We are about to go live on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. You can follow him at Donaldson ESPN. We are going to talk real football, fake football, and American football. Football. I cannot wait to get this interview started and talking with him, so let's get it going. Thank you guys so much. Uh, if you guys have not had a chance, please download, rate, and subscribe to the podcast as well on iTunes or any other podcast outlet, and enjoy the interview with Mark Donaldson. Hello! All right. Well, if you guys are watching live, you can see we've got our special guest here, Mr. Mark Donaldson, right here below me. If you guys are on the podcasting audience, you guys will hear him in just a second. Uh, he has been gracious enough to join us. You can follow him at Donaldson ESPN. He is the lead Serie A commentator on ESPN and the co-host of Caps Off for BT Sports. He's the author of three books, his newest, The Five League Titles and a Packet of Crisps. 
Steve Nickel, uh, my autobiography, and both uh, wait a hero for both Liverpool and Scotland. I butchered that. I apologize. I'm, I butcher a lot of things. As you you will soon find it, out. It wouldn't How, be a show if you didn't. Yeah, that's true. How you doing, Mark? Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to jump on with us. Thank you. you you've kind of set me uh, set me up on a bit of a pedestal with that intro. I'm delighted to be the novice and the rookie with you three, and you can uh, you can help me with my uh, my dynasty. I believe that's the way you say it in this country. I've only been yep. here for years. Uh, my dynasty fantasy football. So I'm looking forward to this. Thank you for having me. Yeah, trust, trust the, oh man, I'm bad with the point. Trust these two. I, I lead with my heart too much. So my advice is usually pretty bad. So I trust the other two guys on the other side of the screen here. What he means is he has lots of Browns and Buckeyes on his team. That is very true. No, Matt true. also has yeah. lots of Broncos on his team. So yeah, yeah you what was that about leading with your heart? <laughs> yeah. Dennis doesn't give too much away with his background, I have to say. No, I I haven't built out my uh, space yet, so I have to sneak into the bedroom and have the blank space behind me. Who's your team? I grew up a Lions fan, and I adopted the Browns when I moved to Ohio, so I know losing. (laughs) I have a fetish for misery being a Dolphins fan, so we're in the same boat. Uh, yeah, I feel like all, all three of us here are, are all yeah. at misery here. Matt over there, the Broncos fan, he's he's had at least some recent success to be happy about. The other three of us have kind of been suffering in a bit of misery for a while. Yeah, our yeah. success is in black and white. Yeah, I'm looking exactly. at my uh, Super Bowl 50 uh, championship pennant on my wall. So hold on, hey, hold just on. just remember, be careful because I can't kick you off here. So let's let's you know, just calm down, calm down. Oh, okay. What do we got here? This is the unbeaten season with the ticket. Oh, oh. wow. And the program. You don't look that old. <laughs> we have had success. That's, that's, that's about it. I've got the Super Bowl eight as well, but nothing else of note that was very successful. Uh, I've even got old-style cushions when we were good. <laughs> yeah. mm. hey, so at least you were uh, fun to watch last year. Some of our teams uh, were not that fun to watch at times. You call that fun? We weren't even good at being bad. <laughs> and you but still you still got, got two. Of, two uh, you still got two in the end. You got to be happy about that, right? I love the fact he's gone for number one as well. I don't know why. Because he wore five in college, didn't he? Yes. So yeah. I, I thought he might go five. or I like number one. I read we've only had like two or three others that have had the number one. I'm delighted. I saw a lot of other reactions of Dolphins fans Um when the draft was made. And we were all in the same boat. We were running around the living room. He might end up never playing because he might get hurt. I hope that's not the case. And if he stays healthy, at least we've got some excitement. Absolutely. Do you think – we're kind of skipping ahead a little bit here. you think he plays it all this year? you think it's going to be all Ryan Fitzmagic? I don't think he needs to. I don't think there's a rush. I mean, look at what Alex Smith did um, with Patrick Mahomes just waiting a year. You don't need to rush these guys. You've got them potentially for the rest of his career if he's good. Um, and he can lead you to to whatever. Why do you want to rush him in? I mean, they'll sell jerseys. I'd love a, a, a two a number one jersey. So why rush him in? I mean, he's got someone like Fitzpatrick, who I I think is a great teacher. I mean, I'm sure we'll speak a lot later on about soccer and various other things. There's a lot of really good teams that have kind of got your experience and your your youngsters as well. Don't uh, understate what the experience of someone like Ryan Fitzpatrick can do for someone like Tua. I agree with you. So how is uh, how's quarantine life treating you? I imagine you are quarantined like the rest of us. Yeah, but I'm working from home. So 
Uh, this is a, like a TV setup. So I just changed the jerseys at the back. I've got lots of different jerseys for football and for baseball. There's a, a soccer one, a football one from the New York, New Jersey oh, Metro Star. Is that Tony um, Mioli? Is that a Mioli jersey with the Metro Stars? Uh, no, this, this is a, this is a New York, New Jersey one, and it's an outfield one. That was bought for like five bucks when I was still living in Scotland. Um, Van Nistelrooy one, and loads of baseball ones, because I did a baseball show from, from right here. So I've got TV lights and, and everything they've thrust upon me. I just wish I knew how to use them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, to say it looks very lit up there. A lot better, uh, a lot better lighting than I think the three of us have going on right now. They paid a grand to get me these things. They just didn't send anybody to tell me how to put them up together and how it works. Hey ho! Didn't they give you some IKEA directions? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. By the way, isn't it great when we do things like this? And you'll have seen it on CNN and Fox and whatever cable news network you watch. Uh, There's dogs in the background. My two-year-old's upstairs. We'll probably hear her later as well. But you see what you see. You don't see everything around. It is an absolute mess. There's a change of room over there. There's all sorts there. This is the man cave that's been turned into a studio, and it's a man cave no more. Yeah, that's uh, that's the worst part about it, I would I would think. So you've kind of mentioned a bunch of uh, the different sports you're into, baseball, yeah. football for you, what we call soccer over here. Obviously, you're a big Dolphins fan, as you just mentioned. Do you have a favorite sports team overall, like one team – you had to choose them winning a championship and you could see it, which one it would be. It would be Heart of Midlothian from, from Edinburgh. They're my team. I used to work for them. I used to commentate on them for many years. Um, the best we've done is win a, a couple of cups, three, three trophies, the Scottish Cup, which was great. Uh, I think I've been here 10 years now. I got my citizenship in December, thankfully, because I don't think I'd be getting it now if I was still going through that process. And in those 10 years that I've been here, I think... I think I'm right in saying the Dolphins. I've only seen the Dolphins play in the playoff once, and I think they lost at the Ravens in the early 2000s. So just to have that success, because I started watching them in the mid-80s, 85, 86, when it was on in the UK. Uh, Mick Luckhurst, the former Falcons kicker, was one of the hosts. Um, and I interviewed the Fridge when they had the World League of American Football way back when, and then the Scottish Claymores, who have got the jersey behind me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I like I love my baseball. Um, but I love my football even more, my American football, my NFL. So if it wasn't Hearts, it would it would be the Dolphins. And, and what you'll have seen from just the first 10 minutes with me, you ask a question that should get a 20-second answer, I'll give you a two-minute answer. So I apologize in advance. That's all right. We all do that. That's, yeah, that's you're part in of good the company here. You. <laughs> <laughs> you'll fit in very fine here. All right, so I want to talk about football i'll let these guys handle i always do that the wrong way these guys handle fantasy football and that stuff i'm a huge as what we call soccer fan here played it all my life don't ever really get to talk about on here this is a fantasy football podcast so it makes a little bit of sense uh but one of the things i saw that you were a part of and i don't know if you were actually on the ground or not i have to admit i'm extremely jealous you got to cover the world cup in 2014 in brazil Are you actually in Brazil? Did you get to be a part of the coverage in Brazil, or were you here covering it? So um, for that one, I did that from Bristol, Connecticut, because I did that for ESPN Radio. Um, I did the Euros in 2016, and I was due to be going to Bilbao, uh, Bucharest, and Budapest were the three cities that I was going to do the games from this summer. But obviously now that's going to next summer, and who knows if, if that'll still be the case. But yeah, we get to some... But because I do different leagues, predominantly Italian, uh, it's very difficult to get a flight from Italy to Germany and get there within 10 minutes because right. of time. So, yeah, a lot of the games, most of the games are done. And we don't try and, and, and BS anyone and say, oh, it's roasting here and, and wherever. People know 
And if we are at the game, I did Roma against Juventus from, from Italy last May. Uh, we're pitch side, so you can see. And I think it's important when we're at the game, you don't you don't tell everyone you're, you're constantly at the game. What's the point? Because it should just be a normal commentary, whether you're watching from home or whether you're doing it from a studio or whether you're doing it from site. I mean, you can't tell when you're watching your NFL games if someone's at the stadium. If they normally are. That's different. Um, you can't tell if they're there or doing it from... Uh, from their basement or whatever. But I think what we'll see um, once sport resumes, it'll be very rare for broadcasters to be on site. And there was an interesting article in the New York Times about sideline reporters. Are we going to have them? We're used to them in the NFL, but yeah. do we need them? Are they essential? What can you get? If you can't get close enough to someone during a game because of of the kind of uh, the self-distancing or whatever it's called, change it as it goes, would they need a would they need a self uh, a kind of sideline reporter? So um, yeah, I, I, I do some from from stadiums. I, I go to all more baseball than I, than I do soccer, even though I do more okay. soccer than, than baseball. I, I would love if, if they're going to do sideline reporting, they need to do it like they were doing in the XFL. You fumbled at the one yard line, you come off the field. <laughs> so Mark, you just dropped the ball at the one. Tell me, what were you thinking? Oh, the that's best, what they need. The best was the kicker. You know, you shank a kick, uh, and they'd come off, and they're like, you missed that kick. Do you think they'll ever put you back in there again? Uh, yeah, and the worst thing it must be for a player who does what you both just mentioned. How does it feel? What a stupid question. What do you all think? Yeah. great. I'm delighted I missed. Come on now. A little bit of thought process into that. Talk me through it. Ooh. Have, a, have you ever been to a World Cup? Like, that's one of my dreams is to, to experience a game. I've been to, um, you know, United States games where they play different teams. I've not actually been – I've never seen another country play. But I'd love to. I know, obviously, there's going to be here in 2026 in America. I don't know exactly how all that's going to plan out. My goal would be to see as many games as I can. But have you actually been able to experience that? And what's it like being there with the – the way that obviously the rest of the world celebrates that game that we don't as much here in America. Well, sadly, um, being from Scotland, we haven't qualified for okay. the World Cup since 1998. And it's funny how the world works. I now work beside the last player to score for Scotland, Craig Burley, at a major tournament. Um, and he's still as grumpy as he looks on TV. <laughs> um, so I actually, my first World Cup game was in 1982 as a five-year-old. Uh, I don't remember any of it because we were in Spain, my mom and dad. Um, I, I hardly remember anything. I've actually covered a World Cup, but in rugby um, in, 19, okay. when was it, 2007? No, 2009, I think it was. I did France against, Argentina against Scotland, sorry, in Paris. Um, it's just different. It's just the atmosphere. And and I, I really hope that this can be contained, this pandemic, because there's nothing more special. I've tailgated. I love tailgating. And it's not something we do to an extent in, in football in, in the UK. It's one of the highlights of the day. You get up early and you tailgate at an NFL game. I really hope that that isn't kind of affected. And that's why I don't think we'll see fans at sporting events, uh, certainly in this country, for, for quite some time, sadly. Well, with uh, so there was an announcement earlier today, I believe it was that uh, the Bundesliga is coming back on the 15th, so next week, uh, actually, yeah. just eight days away. Do you think the Premier League will come back? Yeah, but I don't know when. And typical okay. German efficiency, it was pointed out to them that the parliament or the the the, the kind of the German politicians, um, they were told, oh, but you said it would be the second half of the month when we came back, so they changed it to the 16th. 
because that would be yeah, the second half of the month and not the 15th. That's what Germans are like, very efficient. So it comes back next Saturday. Uh, Fox have that, and I'll be really interested to see what they do with that because there's there's not much sport at all. I mean, you've got Korean baseball now on uh, on ESPN2 yeah. overnight. Um, so Fox have got it until the end of the season. Then ESPN Plus takes over. So I'll be working on that next season. So I'm intrigued to see what Fox do with it. Do they go free to air on Big Fox for some of the games? What else is going on right now? Because we're seeing a lot of the ending of, of a lot of the series that we all watch, the non-sports series. So there's certainly hours to fill. Do they put it on FS1? Do they hide it on FS2? How many games do they show? But there's certainly excitement that that's coming back. And I think anyone, not just football in Europe, uh, sport worldwide is going to learn. They're going to make mistakes. But it's just like the UFC in Jacksonville this weekend. There's yeah. 1,200 tests and there's not too many fighters that are going to be down there. There's going to be 12, you're going to be tested every day, um, various ways and, and means. So how the UFC and how the Bundesliga deal with things, everyone will be able to learn from. Well, yeah, I, I was going to say that. A, Go ahead, I saw, I saw a tweet earlier. I'm trying to track it down. Uh, at some uh, sporting event, here it is, German soccer fans, they're putting cardboard cutouts of fans. You can pay like uh, <laughs> like for $20, you can buy a cardboard cutout of yourself and they can put it up in the stadium. So put those cardboard cutouts, pump in the crowd noise. Don't zoom in on the crowd. Yeah, sorry, I was moving there. I just realized I've spent the first 13 minutes and 55 seconds with these AirPods in, and there was no sound coming through them. They were coming through the laptop. So oh, that's, now, that's now rectified, but I got the question. Um, yeah, and, and they've been doing that in, in Taiwan, and uh, they're going to do it in Korea as well. Uh, obviously, you've got different, um, the three of you have, have different levels of kind of fanaticism about other sports. Um, Matt's obviously said he's a he's a soccer fan as well. I don't know if you remember Matt back in the the kind of nineties. Uh, uh, Arsenal were were building behind the goal and they drew a mural of all their fans as well. So when they were shooting to that end, instead of looking at diggers and JCBs and whatever, you were able to see fans. But right. imagine the ingenuity of that. The other thing that the Premier League's talking about, and it's just nonsense, is that people at home have got these apps. And they can either press this to boo or this to cheer if something right. goes wrong. No, come on now. What, what is it? I mean, is this glorified gaming that we're going to have? Let's not go down that road, please. All right, so my last question on soccer, and then I will let you just move on to, to the fantasy football stuff. I am a diehard Manchester United fan ever since uh, – I mean, my big – my. Favorite, obviously, David Beckham's kind of the easy one, but my favorite was always Wayne Rooney. My favorite player of all time was Michael Owen, so I loved when he actually came and signed with Manchester United. Didn't work out, but, I mean, that is what it is. Wayne Rooney, though, I absolutely love. Are they going to be relevant anytime soon? Because I, I feel like they're, they've are they been stuck, obviously, kind of in the middle of the four to seven range here the past couple seasons. I know they've talked about in a quote-unquote rebuilding a little bit. When can I expect them to go back to being successful again? 13 Premier League titles um, yeah. they won under Sir Alex Ferguson, a proud Scot, who actually played with my uncle at a team oh, called really? in, in Scotland. I spent a day with Sir Alex filming, um, taking him back home to Scotland, um, to Govan, where he's from, near uh, in, just on the south side of Glasgow. And it, it's always difficult because he's got so many requests for interviews. This was with Sky, so uh -huh. it had been arranged in advance. But to be able to throw that in, um, and to kind of say, do you remember Ali Donaldson? Oh yeah, he was my goalkeeper at Falco. I'm I'm his nephew. So that kind of that that kind of loosened the the atmosphere a little bit. And we we had fun for the day. And I got some 
some good stuff with him. And, and he's one of the best, if not the best, soccer managers ever. So to get 13 titles, how I would put your question is the gap that was existing when United were at their best to the rest is pretty much the gap that exists now between Liverpool and City. Because I don't think City are far behind at all. I know Liverpool have been brilliant this year, but I think on their day, those two are, are as far clear of the rest as United uh, were at their best. But that was then. And look what happened to United. So, yeah, it's cyclical. You may have to wait a lot. But I'd be getting those VHS tapes out, those DVDs out, and playing a few more of the successful moments because it could be a while before you have them again. I was kind of afraid you were going to say that. So, uh, but I, I appreciate the honesty. All right, Dennis, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you take over now. You can you can get, uh, get into some of your fantasy football stuff you want to start talking about. We start talking about Mark's dynasty teams and everything, and seeing if we can help him be more successful than I have been the past couple of years. So, as we transition to American football, Mark, it's clear that you're a huge fan, uh, or you'd be a Patriots fan. <laughs> My wife is. You'd have coming in ten years ago. You'd have went for who's the who's in the lead and yeah. Been everyone there, around but. here is everyone around here is a Patriots. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts everywhere. Get you if the Patriots win, you got free coffee. I was getting free coffee every single week because I wasn't admitting I was a Dolphins fan. <laughs> I wonder how much free coffee is going to be dished out next season. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little. We'll see. Six so, games. Uh, when did you start playing fantasy football? <laughs> How'd you get into it? So th this is, is weird. In 95, I was on like my third trip on vacation to, to America. And I remember seeing the USA Today had this weird kind of NFL fantasy football or baseball. And it got me intrigued. And that was around the time that, that I think it was about four years after that, fantasy football in the UK started. Um, it started off. There was actually a show called Fantasy Football with uh, Skinner and Badil, two comics. Uh, and I always thought back to that time I was in the US and, and the NFL fantasy. And I didn't probably start playing it until maybe 2004, 2005. So I love it. It's it's one of the highlights of, of my year as far as fantasy. I research far too much. I, I spend far too much time on it. And you know what happened? It was like Joe Schobert last year I had as a linebacker. And I'd done all my research. And then I thought... No, he's not a big enough name. So I dropped him before the start of the season. And then he had a, a wonderful season. So I've got my two or three, and I've had my rookie draft. So we can go into that later. I don't want to be persuaded to, oh, that's tempting. Because I've got one or two players that other people say, what you got him for? But there's a reason for that. So the football for about 15 years now. Dynasty since 2018. And that includes IDP. That is where I'm... I'm looking for some help. That's why I mentioned Schobert. I picked up Dante Fowler. I'm going to start him as my defensive end um, this season. But I dropped Chris Jones to get him because Ooh. I'm not sure. Our league is, uh, I think I sent it to you, Dennis. Our league is is a five-point sack, two-point tackle league. So Chris Jones as a defensive tackle is going to get more of that than a defensive end is going to get more of that. So, again, I'm... I've gone with that. I've made my mind up, um, and I'm going to stick with it because I've. It, you know what it's like. You 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 double cross yourself, and you you doubt yourself when you've made a decision. I'm sure all three of you have, and then you look back and you go, "I wish I hadn't." Like I dropped Derek Henry when he was doing absolutely nothing last year, and then which is he, like 13 weeks out of the season most years. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. That's the thing. It's so frustrating. I love how frustrating it is because I see it as a challenge. 
And that's why I love reading. I mean, as a as a subscriber to, to Dynasty Nerds um, of, of late watching your content, I've got the podcasts on in the car all the time because any little bit that I can get, I've got this Dominator app that tells me trade values and various other things. I don't pay too much attention to, to one specific app. I'll look into as many as I can get and then, then build my own mind up from that because you see what the discrepancies are in, in your rankings and everyone else's rankings. Someone may have a, a player way high and someone else may have them low. It just depends, but you have to pick one or two that you want to stick with and guide you and help guide you through the season. But ultimately, you've got to have the final say. That That's definitely the something I think a lot of people forget. They they follow somebody, they take their rankings, and when their rankings don't work out, they're like, oh, you, you screwed me. And it's like, well, you made the decision. I put my time and effort. This is what I believed at the time. Things change. Players underperform and overperform. Yep. So, so well, who's one of the one or both of those guys that you have that you're kind of hanging your hat on? So my main guy, this my see my main guy. I've, I've done a couple of trades. Okay. So I had one point zero two this year. I, did, I finished second the year before, and I had a bad year last year. I had AJ Green hurt, uh, Patrick Mahomes hurt uh, for a chunk of the season. So I, I did all right with the draft as far as rookie draft, but. I traded away 1.02 to get 1.08, and then I traded away 1.08 to get 2.02, which I traded away to get 2.04, and then I eventually got 2.02 back. So I've now got Mahomes back, because I traded him to get Russell Wilson. I've now got Saquon Barkley. I've now got David Johnson, and I've now got Chris Godwin. So I've upgraded, and I got Jalen Rager at 2.02 in my rookie draft. So I think I've done all right in that. Yeah, that's yeah. a steal on Rager. Yeah, that's a good value. Rager's kind of been bumping up my – I don't know. I guess he couldn't really bump up very far from three. So uh, I, I I think you've approached it the, same, the, the right way, going, well, I like certain guys and I want to get these guys on my team. Moving back as many times in one draft, that's a, that's a very savvy and aggressive move. So – a lot of times people just perceive the going up to get somebody as being the aggressive move. But when you move back and move back and move back and still get your guy. Yeah. I, I knew what I wanted, Dennis, because it's funny. I was reading your stuff about the the wide receivers and whatever. I, honestly, I never even thought about Jalen Rigg. At 2.02, I didn't think there was any chance whatsoever. My guy was going to be Michael Pittman. At I love point. him too. Yeah. Well, when you've got a, an opportunity to get Dylan Rager, I had him, because I, I kind of, as I said to you, I did all my, my analysis on your site, and I, I had my own draft kind of board, and like the pros do, I never thought that Rager would drop to 2.02. So I wanted a defensive end, I wanted Chase Young, but I had 2.02 and 2.12, and I knew it probably wouldn't get him. So I traded 2.12 to get three third-round picks. I think there's two things here. One, I had to analyze what everyone else around me had, the picks wise. So I wanted to see what 112 and what 201 had. So I looked at their squad. What do they need? What don't they need? And and both of them were strong in some areas and weak in other areas. I thought that was important. So I knew that they were going to target certain players and, and not others. So that was one of the things. Um, and, and the other thing is you, you've kind of got to be aware of who you think might pick who. And 
Um, on this kind of dominator app that I've got, the, the quarterbacks weren't rated very highly, but I pretty much knew that Burrow and uh, Tua were going to go. So that knocks them down a, an, another couple. So you have to do your research about everyone else around you, not just you yourself. So I was I was pleased to get Rager, and then I had um, I had four picks in the third round. Uh, I got Brian Edwards, who I kind of like. It's been a shame um, he's fallen as far as he has. I think he's going to be the wide receiver one there. I, yeah. I love Edwards. I just got him in a draft at 308. Uh, that's decent. I didn't think he would fall that far. Yeah. Um, and the, the other thing, you have to know who, who you're drafting against and what their knowledge of. And if, if I can, this is why I, I subscribe and read as much as I do. And, and there's very little of Dynasty Nerds that I haven't actually read of, of late that, that's relevant. Um so you have to know about the ability of others, and there's some really shrewd um, characters in, in my league, and there's others that make stupid trades, and you're like, you're for the watching. I don't trust yeah. you. But you can, you can benefit from them. So um, Edwards at 305 I thought was decent. Um, yeah, that's good value. 30, uh, 307 and 308, um, I took Anthony McFarland because I think within 12 months he's got a chance of maybe getting the starting place over James Conner. Um, for, for the Steelers. And at 308, I wanted to boost. Isaiah Simmons was still there. And I'm pretty good at, at, at linebacker. Uh, I've got Bradley Chubb, who I think will have a good bounce back here. I've got Jalen Smith, and I've got uh, Leighton Van Der Esch. I had uh, Luke Kuechly, but he's obviously uh, retired. I don't. You can't look a, a gift horse in the mouth, in the mouth. And if you've got Isaiah Simmons coming to you at 3.08, even although I'm pretty good at linebacker, I, I think you've, you've kind of got to go with him. So, uh, and the other one I got in the third one was Joshua Kelly, which um, I took him over Gibson. Um, and I, I don't mean to be, I'm just, Gibson for me at the Redskins is someone who, I don't know if he's a red running back or a wide receiver. I don't know how he's going to be used. There's a lot of bodies in there as well. So I went Kelly over, over Gibson. So those were my five rookie picks this year. That, that in my estimation is a really strong draft. Thank you. Uh, I like, I, I, I like, uh, grabbing Simmons where you did, you, I agree with you. Maybe maybe you currently feel like you're pretty strong, but Van Der Esch with his neck, he mm -hmm. could be out again at any time, and he could be out for good. You never know. Neck injuries are funny. When you start messing with the spine, it's really uh, – it, it is just something that you, you don't want to play with. We've seen what Ryan Shazier's had to go through after his spine injury, and so – uh, at some point, you know, Chris Spielman just stopped playing after uh, his neck injury. So I think that was really good. Great value on Edwards, as we talked about. I, I'm a Kelly believer, too. I've really, okay. it, it, which, which pains me a little bit, given the amount of Justin Jackson that I have. Uh, mm -hmm. I felt like, you know, pre-draft, it was going to be Justin Jackson and uh, about 40, 45% of the touches and Austin Eckler, 55 percent of the touches but i feel like when you look when i watch some of kelly's college tape man he he, he yeah. looks good he's he's big he's durable and i think he's gonna end up pushing uh jackson off to the side i That's, think it's gonna uh, be just sorry i think it's gonna be interesting what they do there because i had eckler last year i was high on him and i know melvin gordon missed a chunk of games i i can see elements and i was reading a lot uh over the past 24 hours about their plans um, going forward and, and how they plan to 
to kind of use both Kelly um, and Jackson and Eckler. Because remember, you can use Eckler as a pass catching down at the same time. So you've got that option as well. We're kind of seeing this change from a traditional battering ram of a running back uh, to your McCaffrey's and your Eckler. So I think you'll see Eckler play a lot next season with either a Jackson and maybe a Kelly as well. Plus, they could use a a, a Kelly-Jackson 1-2 combo to give Eckler some rest. So the only question mark I have about that is how it's going to be with a new quarterback in town. You got nothing to worry about. Herbert's a stud. Don't even worry yeah, about it. Yeah, except for it's Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Tyrod will be there. Tyrod's going to get bakered just like he did a couple of years ago. He'll be in there for the first two games, and Herbert will show up, and he'll lead him to the promised land. I, I personally am not ready to give up on Justin Jackson, so I hope Dennis is wrong. <laughs> yeah, I well, I, I've drafted a I significant amount. Kelly. I've, I Kelly. Not me. He's dead to me. I've drafted a significant <laughs> amount of Joshua Kelly. He's a... Uh, you know, he, he I, I feel like he's somebody that should have been a little higher in the rankings, maybe. But it, it was actually a pretty good running back class. There were a significant yeah. number of backs drafted on day two. Uh, Darrington Evans in, in uh, yeah. Tennessee, I think, is going to really surprise and step into that, that uh, be better than Deion Lewis was in that That's role right. last year. Adam Gase heard all of your uh, positive talk about Lamical Pirine, so he went out and signed Frank Gore just to, I know, just to stick I it know. to him. I'm pretty sure he listens to us to figure out what he can do to mess with him. I don't yeah. miss him in Miami, put it that way. I, I bet you don't. None of us are podcast are fans of Gase, so yeah. <laughs> I was a fan of your uh, Bradley Chubb pick when you mentioned that because I, I was super excited to see him last year with first year playing with Fangio and he gets hurt. I think it was in the first game. It, it was crushing, but they've been talking about his return, and I think seeing him and Miller opposite each other in that Fangio scheme, I still want to see more of that. As much as, 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 as I, I love answering the kind of questions from you guys and, and trying to gain some information, um, I, I kind of want to ask a few questions as well of some of the players that I have. And Chubb was certainly one I wanted to ask about. There's even been talk about him being the defensive comeback player of the year um, next year. Again, it depends on, on so much. But, Matt, the potential on Bradley Chubb is, is there, isn't it? Yeah, and, you know, I, I think it's going to help Von Miller some too because last year if you – watch the games, uh, you know, sometimes they would get some better rush on the outside, but I think that's why we saw like career years from Derek Wolf and from Shelby Harris was just because Vaughn, sometimes you'd watch him and there's like three guys throwing him into the ground. Mm-hmm. If they have Chubb out there and they went and moved and got Jarrell Casey, they brought uh, Shelby Harris back. Um, so I think they are going to have so many guys attacking that no one person can be focused on. And when Chubb was opposite Vaughn as a rookie, uh, it was incredible to watch. And I think it made both of them better. And that's what I'm excited to see. One of the other things I like doing is, is um, a kind of IR predator because no one really looks on the IR. Uh, when they're looking to to strengthen their side. So I'm all about bounce backs. You don't get them all right. Sometimes you don't get many right. But last season, I thought Russell Wilson would have a good bounce back, and he did. I've had some bad ones in the past. But um, Chubb is is on the IR for for so long. I think that's something as as well that I think is important when when it's close season or even during the games to, to keep tabs on the IR. Uh, because there's always someone who has maybe got a full squad and drops someone who's out for eight weeks, and I think there's a fair bit of value there, and that's why I picked up Bradley Chubb 
Um, he's not going to start for me to begin with. I want to see how he gets on, but hopefully he'll provide me with value. So is Chubb listed as a linebacker or defensive yeah. end? He's yeah, listed he as a linebacker. Only, yeah. He plays um, the same position as Vaughn in Denver because it's 3-4. Okay. Yeah. Well, one of the other questions I've, sorry, um, uh, I've got for you guys is this is a dynasty league where I can put – they've increased it to four IDPs. Um, okay. So you've got to have – uh, you've got a maximum of two defensive end or defensive tackle, a maximum of two linebackers, um, and a maximum of two safeties or cornerbacks. So I normally go with the two linebackers and one each of the other. But here's the defensive players that, that I've got. Buda Baker's been a star for me, so he's going to start. But I've got Tracy Walker at safety from the Lions. Um, I've also got Fowler, as I mentioned, at defensive end. I've got Jalen Smith, Van Der Esch, um, Chubb, and now Simmons at linebacker and Baker and Walker. Would you go with that bunch um, to start the two linebackers or to start the two safeties most weeks, or does it depend who they're playing? Who would you normally go for as far as gaining points is concerned? So it's two points per tackle, five points per sack? Yeah, and a point for a, like a, a half tackle, whatever you guys. And interceptions? Uh, yeah. What about our interceptions, five like sacks? Uh, let me just check um because it's pretty basic uh the scoring rules uh let's see what we have okay uh tackles two assists one sack to quarterback five quarterback hits two and a half tackles for loss one and then safeties four um that's that's the only scoring it's got so where where's my my points going to be gotten at linebacker or cornerback yeah do you have to play defense at least one defensive back yeah. Okay, then I would go play with a safety. Baker. Yeah, I would stick with a safety. Yeah. Play Baker. I, I, I think that if you need roster space, I'd be okay dropping Walker at some point and picking up somebody off the waiver wire if they're a bit. That's the one thing in in IDP leagues. A lot of times, you can still work the waiver wire in dynasty leagues with IDPs. We have I, I have a sixteen team IDP league. We start nine IDPs, three defensive linemen, three linebackers, three defensive backs. So the whole goal behind that was to put the defense on par with the offense. So a defensive tackle gets four points for a tackle, whereas a linebacker gets one point for a tackle. And We we don't have it because obviously with the difference between at times and what I've got, I've got to start either one defensive end or a defensive tackle and I've got to start uh, a cornerback or a safety. So I've got three sections and i've got to right. start four yeah um, at, at, but, at defensive line uh, it's going to be chasing sacks it's, at it's five not, points a sack and two and a half points for, for quarterback hits for a hit it's all you know it's it's uh what you hope for then is does chubb get this defensive end slash linebacker designation and you can play him there as well that's the thing, because I'm looking at some of these. There's edge rushers, there's defensive ends right. that are named as linebackers, and there's some linebackers that are named as defensive ends. So, again, it's – I mean, the, I play as M MFL, MPL. I think it's MFL. Yeah, MFL. That's yeah. what I play. So that their designation is, is what I go with. I mean, last season, for example, um, I dropped a guy called Sean Williams because I had him the season before, and he was great for the Bengals. Yeah. But then he, he, he – I think they, did he move him to – I don't know if I think it, they moved him free from safety. free safety to or yeah. from strong safety to free safety. Free safety. So and it didn't work. 
Yeah, it didn't work. And you're looking for how other guys. I mean, Dante Fowler, for example, going to the the Falcons. I've picked him up. There's loads of articles on the Falcons website. He's chasing sacks. That's all he's going to be going for. I had to go up with him and Chris Jones. And Chris Jones has been great for me. Chris Jones in 2018 was was brilliant. But last year, although he was such a key component of the Chiefs' defense, he he didn't get the same points. He got like 285 points in 2018. Last season, he was only like 180. So he may bounce back, and I might miss out, but I don't want to carry two defensive ends or defensive tackles um, when I've already got a fair chunk of my roster in linebackers and, and safeties and cornerbacks. Right. Yeah, so, so if I, if, go, oh, go ahead, Matt. You got it. Sorry, I was just going to say, so you, if I'm understanding this correctly, you got to do the four. So you got Buda Baker in there. You're going to have to play Fowler because of that. And then it's just pretty yes. much picking between the two linebackers. Okay. What, uh, can I ask, what are the best available IDPs yeah. that you have on the waiver I, wire? I've got it right here because, um, okay. I was going to ask about that. So at safety, do you want me to go by year, um, points last year or average points? From, uh, from who's average, on the waiver? Average points. Okay. So Taylor Rapp is on there. He's on the waivers. Um, so what I think we're looking for here, if you wouldn't mind, is, is who would be better than Tracy Walker? Because I'm not yeah. dropping Buda Baker. And who's likely to get more points as a secondary option than my second linebacker? Who I'm going to be playing the kid from Dallas, so it's going to be either Chubb or Van Der Esch with um, with the Cowboys. So I've got Taylor Rapp, uh, yeah, Taylor Rapp, Sean Williams, Jesse Bates, uh, Jordan Poyer, Malcolm Jenkins, Kevin Bird, Anthony Harris, uh, Demarius Randall, and Quandre Diggs. So those are the safeties, um, the cornerbacks that are available right now on the waiver wire. Again, we'll go with average points from last season. Kenny Moore um, from the Colts is the top average points. Stefan Gilmore, who I had for a spell, but again, these cornerbacks are kind of hitting a miss. Yeah, they don't um, throw at, at Gilmore enough for him to be fantasy that, relevant. That's the problem. But you All want those... you want you want the guy across from Gilmore. Yes. Who's who's <laughs> yeah. the other cornerback? Exactly. You know, like Eli Apple, he it was a prime uh-huh. example. It, you take the Saints defensive backs. No, you don't take Marshawn Lattimore. He's the one. Yeah. Getting, you take Eli Apple because that's where they're throwing the ball. And he got so many points. Um, Kevin King, Tredavious White, Marlon Humphrey, Patrick Peterson, Dre Fitzpatrick, uh, Bradley Roby, Darius Phillips, Trey Flowers, Denzel Ward. So these are some of the guys at cornerback in safety that are on the waivers. Are any of them, in your opinion, better than, than Tracy Walker? So I would suggest the warden, but that's because I'm a Browns fan. I'm just kidding. I, w- I would not go Denzel. Um, if I had to pick, if I'm, a, you said Sean Williams from Cincinnati and Jordan Poyer are both available for Buffalo, right? Uh, yeah. I would take either one of those over Walker. Uh, just in what I'm looking at for mine, both of those guys finished top five in all of my IDP leagues that I'm in last year. I do think. Uh, since he, I, I would go Sean Williams just because I feel like that defense is going to be on the field more often and you're going to have teams it, passing it, it more. Is he going to move back to where he was in 2018? Because last year was a bust. That I don't know. I mean, he finished top five. From what I'm looking at, he finished top five it last year. I don't know. Obviously, my points are probably going to be a little bit different than some of the, the league that you're in. These are a yep. little bit different. But, I, I mean, him and Poyer outscored Walker by 10 points each in this one, so. Poyer's an interesting one, and and what I sometimes do when I've gone into Poyer's numbers right now, I look at how many games they played and how many single-digit scores they got in the whole Mm. season compared to how many double-digit 
scores that they got. And Poyer's, Poyer's a steady guy. You can rule out game week 17 against the Jets because that was just a waste of time. So right. apart from that, he only had three weeks where he scored in single digits. The rest of the time, he got double digits. And a few of those he, he got in the 20s. So that's your kind of steady average guy. So you think that Jordan Poyer would be a better option than, uh, is it Tracy Williams or Tracy Walker? Tracy Walker for Detroit, Walker. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I would go Poyer, but that's that's me. Dennis, what would you do? I, I think I'd go Poyer too. The, the thing with Williams, though, is you said Bates was on the waiver wire as well? For? Cincinnati? Uh, yeah. Jesse yeah. Bates? Jesse Bates, yeah. Taylor Rapp and Jesse Bates, uh, both kind of the top scorers from, from last season. And so Sean Williams. If if Bates – so if they don't move uh, Williams back, then Bates might be the play there because there was only, they, Sorry, Derek. There was, uh, Dennis, there was only 0.1 between their top – between their, their seasonal scores, 228.6 and 228.5 um, between Jesse Bates and Jordan Poyer. So. Yeah, I think the, the conundrum there is both of them are pretty good. And mm-hmm. so – a lot of times you're looking for a system where maybe one is really good and then they, they're going at the other. Poyers, I, I would go Poyer over both of them myself. I think that Buffalo defense is coming on. Uh, I, I, I like Matt's, I, I like Matt's uh, point about the, the Bengal defense being on the field more. The downside of it is, if you have the wrong safety, if you've got the free safety, he's going to be away from the line. If the Bengals are on the field a lot uh, or, or playing catch-up, and the uh, the other offense is going to be kind of grinding it out. They're not going to be trying to make make a bunch of big plays. And so it ends up whoever the linebackers in Cincinnati are might be the play there. So I think I would go with Poyer. The other defensive ends, I mean, I, I know I've dropped Chris Jones. That might be the right or it might be the wrong decision. The other guys, they've got going by average points from last season. Bearing in mind, it's Dynasty. So Jason Pierre-Paul, I think it's like 31. Melvin Ingram, Sam Hubbard, who I kind of like, um, again, from the Bengals. Uh, Stefan Tuitt, um, Eric Armstead, uh, Ogba and Irvin and Barnett. I, again, I'll probably go with Fowler in the hope that he lives up to what he's promised and tries to be a sack machine. But... I think is Grady Jarrett not another option for getting sacks with the Falcons? So he's an interior lineman. So, yeah, so it's really when it comes to defensive tackles and nose guards, it's Aaron Donald and everybody else pretty much. Chris Jones, like you said, had a good year a couple of years ago. I would probably be more inclined to go with Sam Hubbard because okay. he's he's uh, he's chasing sacks. Yeah, you know that's what his role is is to rush the passer. Uh, in, in Cincinnati, you know, he had eight and a half sacks last year with 76 combined tackles, 13 quarterback hits. Yeah, that's big. And I sometimes, I mean, being a kind of a rookie as far as the IDP is concerned, do you guys think more when it comes to a defensive end or a defensive tackle? Would you rank a top defensive end over a kind of semi top, uh, sorry, a top defensive tackle over a, a kind of semi top defensive end? Because Chris Jones is like rated two or three by some as far as defensive tackles concerned, but overall, I mean, he's he's way down the list when you involve defensive ends as well. Yeah, it it comes down to if if my number two defensive tackle is going to score 175 points, and my twelfth defensive end is going to score 225 points, 
I'm going to take the 12th defensive yeah. end. Sure. It, it just, it's all, and that's, it, it's because it's not rocket science. You just want points. Yeah. The most points. Yeah. And one of our, uh, another guy on our network, Bob Lung, he writes the consistency guide. Uh, and for him, his whole system is about eliminating big swings in your points. So he would rather have a guy that's going to get me, you know, 10 points one week, 12 points the next, instead of 15 points one week and six points the next. He's, he's trying to Gilmore. eliminate that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and since your scoring is so heavily tilted towards sacks and yeah, quarterback you hits, your defensive tackles are not as likely to get that as a defensive end. Yeah. Right. So we're going so defensive. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, we're going defensive end over defensive tackle, which is what I'd hoped you would say. Yeah. And we're we're going probably two linebackers um, over uh, two cornerbacks or safeties. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the linebackers are going to be your money. Um, the, here's my here's my starting lineup as it stands right. I've got issues okay. at wide receiver, so I've got Mahomes as my QB. I've got Saquon Barkley and David Johnson, who's my contender for kind of not breakout player, but I think he'll he'll go low in the draft. I'd rather have him than a few of the, the much hyped ones. So I've got Mahomes, Barkley, and Johnson, uh, Chris Godwin, AJ Green, and Christian Kirk. I've got Travis Kelsey and Harrison Butker as my kind of points scorers. Who do you have on your bench? Right. Okay. Wide receivers, not in that team. Corey Davis, who killed me last year. Marvin Jones, who is he's the Stefan Gilmore of fantasy. He's either pelly or smelly, as we would say in football. Um, Emmanuel Sanders and Darius Slayton. Are, and Jalen Rager, obviously, who's who's on the taxi squad right now. Um, how, how big an impact is Hopkins going to have on Mr. Kirk? I mean, I would put. I, I would think Slayton's got to move in over Kirk. If you're asking me, I, I, with what he showed last year with Daniel Jones, I think he's got to go in. Kirk is just too inconsistent. Okay. I mean, there's probably two or three of the guys you named on your bench that I'd start over Christian Kirk to start the season. Yeah. Well, again, the, what I find with this MFL app, I mean, it's it's good. I've never used it before until this dynasty thing, but the projections are horrific. They're all yeah, over the yeah, place. They're, they're awful. <laughs> so I've got the games, and Kirk starts at home to the Lions. So he's got shootout potential, especially with the way the Arizona are right now. Um, the oh, that Saints was last year, though, right? Yeah, fair that point. That was last year's schedule. Uh, oh, is that last year's schedule? Yeah, of course. Because tonight, the, the opener was uh, yeah. was Arizona Detroit. The tie game was brilliant. So they've got projections on a game that was twelve months ago. Love that. That's uh, well, that's, that's I, on me. I don't know that it's projection so much as it is just what they've done. What what they what their history is from last season. So yeah. your starters were Godwin and who? Godwin and AJ Green. Okay, and so then because- either. Well, this is the thing. I've got one to three running backs, two to four wide receivers. So just going back to what, what we were talking about earlier about the, the rookie draft, I actually picked up Alexander Madison as an undrafted guy last year. He didn't go in the top three rounds. And I think there's a few – we had our kind of waivers. Um, they went through the waivers on Wednesday. Um, so there were a lot of players that weren't drafted who you can still get value for. So Madison, uh, I'm, I'm weak at running back. If Barclay or Johnson goes down, I'm screwed. I've got Madison. 
Um, and on potentially on the bench, uh, see who I've got. Um, Kelly McFarland, and that's it. Okay, so that's I can, but I can play one running back. That's the key thing. I don't have uh, to play two. I can play one. Uh, okay. Wide wide receiver. I also have. So this is the guy who I was. Should I drop him? Should I not? Um, I think Kelvin Harmon this year will play opposite McLaurin, and I think he'll be. I, I think he's underrated. What do you guys think about him? I agree. I had him in my top five last year. Dennis knows I'm a big Harmon guy. Okay. I'm a little worried about AGG just based on what he did and and obviously drafting him this year. He's got a little bit more draft capital than Harmon got last year. So I think Harmon went sixth or seventh round last year. I know he really kind of plummeted where I, I thought he'd be like a fourth or fifth round pick last year. But he's been in the system one year. He got to play at the end of the year with Haskins, had a couple good games. Uh, my biggest fear is I don't know what the – the offensive game plan is going to be. I don't remember who Rivera brought on as his offensive coordinator. Do you, Dennis, Matt, do you I guys I think remember? he's got Scott Turner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, they, so they he's running the Norv Turner they, system. Yeah. He, well, it was who, was who he had over in Carolina last year. So, yeah. And they tend to be a little bit more run heavy than than passing. And, and as Matt down there in the corner will tell you, he's not a big fan of Dwayne Haskins throwing the ball to begin with. So that, that might hurt Harmon hey, a little Dwayne bit. Dwayne Haskins well, throws the ball. Like, what? <laughs> Dwayne Haskins throws the ball? Hey, remember, not according I to Stephen A. Green, it's not that hard. <laughs> so I, I think you have a really strong wide receiver core. And the I, if you only have to start one running back, yeah, I don't think I would sweat too much about your depth. If okay. you get a chance to upgrade on David Johnson, if let's say he has a good game in the first week or two, and uh, uh Dennis, don't do this to me. Then move him, upgrade, find you know, pat put a package together and and go get something because it comes down to if you can start two running backs that are better, you, if your second running back is better than your third wide receiver, yeah. you know, then that's where you where you have to go. Uh I, I don't know. I I'm starting to get a David Johnson comeback player of the year vibe. I, I feel like, you know, I don't know that he would actually be eligible since he played all last year, but maybe fantasy comeback player of the year. I feel like he could potentially uh, get the ball a lot in, in Houston because they don't have a whole lot of other options there. I, I think, I mean, this is the thing that they've got to weigh up. There's a couple of things injury wise. This is going to be a true three down guy. Bearing in mind he might be injury prone. And the other thing is as well, if you make that trade, and you Bill O'Brien came in for a hell of a lot of stick for making that trade, they'll want to prove that they got a, a decent part of the bargain as well. But it all depends on David Johnson. I mean, Kenyon Drake went in there and was was great with the Cardinals. I've I've always had him in teams or there or thereabouts because I like what he can do. I don't know if Duke Johnson will, will get some of the, the carries uh, as far as throwing the ball is concerned to him, but I was actually offered uh, 1.12 and next year's second round pick for Johnson, which I turned down this year um, for the rookie draft. That was my choice. It might be the right one. It might be the wrong one. Well, <laughs> I would have gone the other way, but I, if you believe in Johnson that much, I mean. Yeah, I, 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 gotta, I got to imagine. Is, this is a one quarterback league, so – 
you you would have probably had your choice of Taylor or Dobbins or Swift or Akers if they were your guy, probably. Who was the number one pick in the draft? Was it CEH? Was it uh, Edward, Edward Zolaire? Do you want do you want the first round? Here you go. It's Taylor. Oh, okay. Okay. That's good. Taylor good Taylor, Taylor went once at one. So Clyde Edwards Hilaire is an interesting one. Um, there's a friend of mine who does an NFL show in the UK on, on Talksport Radio. He was all in on Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and he was hoping that he wouldn't get taken in the first round, and he'd just be a, a maybe a mid second round and and kind of off the radar. And I thought, well, I, I had one away at that time, and I uh-huh. kept one away, thinking I might have a little chance, knowing that a couple of quarterbacks will probably be taken in the first round in our league. I kept one away in the in the notes. This is before the draft thinking I might have a chat and then boom Chiefs I was like you kidding me he's been he's yeah. going to be top three now uh, so Edwards Hilaire went two J.K. Dobbins went three Swift went four Judy at five Lamb at six Burrow at seven Jefferson at eight Akers wow. at nine Vaughn at ten who was another one I had my eye on um, Rugs at eleven so if I traded up I would have got Tua I probably wouldn't have taken him um, A.J. Dillon went two or one and I got Rager at two or two and Pittman went two or three. Man, weird. A, yeah, it was, it was a very weird draft when you were saying that. So, would you could you reach out to the cook owner and see if there's a way to possibly trade Madison to him to possibly maybe not get a not that Madison's a bad running back, but maybe you could do like Madison and a third round pick or something like that to possibly get a tad bit of an upgrade at running back to to help you out with Barkley and Johnson. This is why when I was saying earlier about analyzing other squads, I think it's important, not just what you have. So I've immediately gone in and seen who's got Cook. Uh-huh. Commissioner's got Cook. He's yeah. the guy that knows. So he's the guy I've been kind of, I've just been chucking little bits of dynamite towards him just to see if he picks it up and they explode. So I was like, oh, who, who, do, you, who do you like on my roster? We could maybe trade a couple of picks. And he's like, oh, what would you take for Drew Locke? Because I've got him. And I was like, okay, so I now know who he 101, wants. 101, right, Matt? <laughs> um, so the commissioner uh, who's very good at this he, he's got Dalvin Cook he's got a really really good squad but he's in the same division as me um, so he's got Chubb uh, and Cook and Taylor and Singletary and Coleman as his running backs yeah, he so really doesn't want Madison he doesn't really want Madison so it's yeah, a good yeah. shout I get that and if it was someone with like Cook and maybe a couple of others then it should be a no-brainer if I could come up with someone. But he's that's what that's his running backs. What do um, his wide receivers look like? His wide receivers are Tyler Boyd, DJ Chark, Mike Evans, Jerry Judy, Sterling Shepard, and Michael Thomas. So, uh, it, it, but maybe you could get Cook. He from really him. doesn't want Madison. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that might take away too. Yeah, no, he's got a very deep team. In fact, that's how Madison ended up on the waivers. Yeah. Now, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and he's tight ends Kittle. So, golly, wow. All right, yeah. So he's built himself a very good roster. He has his quarter. He's got a choice. So Lamar. He's got Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson. Um, yeah. as his as yeah. his quarterback, he doesn't really have DJ. <laughs> so good luck. No, pray for you. Yeah. So good luck with me for that. I'm I'm all right with my team. I, I mean, I'm pretty happy if everyone stays fit. I think I've I think I've got a chance. Um, being good on the waiver wire, I think, is important as well. And being first, I mean, I've got Gronkowski because I I got him. Uh, a friend of mine at ESPN knew that he was he was going to be uh, coming out of retirement, so I got a message, which helps. 
Um, but I've got to rely on it. When I'm up against a commissioner that's as good as that with that squad, I need all the help I can get. Yeah. So, how did he stack his team? I mean, what? I mean, he he, do the rest? Do the too. rest of the people in your league? Uh, are they what we would call casuals? <laughs> so he, here's how I would I would uh, d- describe our league. It's like Major League Soccer. There's some really really good teams, but my God, there's some horrible ones in there as well. And there's some really really good players, and there's some horrible ones in there as well. There, I suppose reading you guys' comments prior to the draft, there's like a shelf, and then there's the top. Depends on who you've got. The top six or seven in the first round, and then there's like a drop. Um, that's what our league is like. There's probably six really good players and then six average players. So the negotiations with the average players are a lot easier um, than the negotiations with the – because I know what they're, the guys are going to do. They're going to try to be sharks, the guys that are really good. So that's yeah. why I don't really try and trade with them, but I try and find out who they want for me to know who they rate as far as guys that I don't have starting just now. I mean, I've got Garoppolo, who I got on a trade, and Drew Locke as my backups. And I think having three quarterbacks um, – I'll probably keep them because there's no starting quarterbacks on the waivers at all. Not even Cam Newton's on the waivers. Um, so there's there's nothing there if someone gets hurt. Yeah, I I know for me, one of the things was getting to a point where I'm in leagues with knowledgeable people. Yeah. So like Matt and I are in a bunch of leagues together. Matt and I are in a couple of leagues together. We, you know, nobody's in as many leagues as as our host there, Matt. I, I think, you know, he, he's he's in like forty leagues, which forty two now, forty two. Okay, <laughs> is that the I number know. that you give your wife when she asks? No, that's the real number. I can't lie to her. She sees the finances. So there's no point in lying. There's just no point in lying anymore. The good, the thing that saved me this year is the fact that we haven't had baseball because I'm also in ten <laughs> dynasty baseball leagues. So oh, I've really yeah. been able to kind of save myself a little bit in adding the extra ones. I just added that new dynasty one, dynasty nerds one as well today. I know. I saw that. Fun. I was shaking my head. So me, yeah. I I was in twenty two leagues last year, and. But well, I was in about 15 or 16, and then I end up in some industry leagues or our listener leagues, or charity leagues, things like that. So I stay try to keep myself around 15, and that gives me like a five or six, seven league buffer so, so that I can do charity leagues and industry leagues. I just finished a draft. My wife and I are in a league together. So it's a, it's a league, 12 teams, and it's six couples. Husbands and wives. That's cool. Uh, uh, yeah, so it's a redraft league, but we did the draft now here after the NFL draft. Anyways, it's her second time. Her first first league was last year, and she got knocked out in the playoffs thanks to Marlon Mack. Mm-hmm. She she had the best record in the league, and then it was a two week playoff, and Mack laid that laid that like three point game. She, yeah. she was just preparing you for his twenty twenty performance. <laughs> I'm I'm in four I'm in four leagues. Four? Okay, that's um, what I was going to ask. You were in. So th- last year was the first one I went to four. Um, <laughs> I was always in kind of two or three. It's a slippery and, slope, let me tell you. But that's the thing. I thought right, I'm not going to go more than three because I was starting to get players who I had. I was going against them in another league, and I didn't know what to do. Who do I cheer for? How how much do I want them to do well? Especially if it's a one o'clock game where you've got no idea how much it's going to affect you going forward um, right. for the rest of the weekend. So that's hard. But 
I don't know if you guys can see this. This is my final last year that I was in. Wow. Oh, wow. So how did they determine the winner? Right. So the, this is when I really hope that the commissioner of that league, who I'm not going to mention, isn't watching this. Because I played on the final day. Well, I played Tyler Boyd, right? So that, that was decent. That, that kind of worked out for me. But the other guy I played, I thought, I need some interest in this Monday night game. Now, do you remember the Monday night game on week 16 when a certain guy called Mr. Boone, Mike Boone, from the Vikings? Yeah. Um, so Mike Boone, I thought I'll, I'll start him over Miles Sanders. I don't know why, but I did. <laughs> I did. So he had Adam Thielen. Now, if you remember, Thielen had no catches in that game. But he had one target. So one target in this Yahoo League was worth 0.2. So I, I, did a I did a deal with him in the midway through the second half. I said, look, uh, I think there was like, I don't know, 500 bucks or 1,000 bucks up for grabs. And I was just ahead. Um, so I kind of, I, I did, do you want to do 6-4 or 7-3 or something? Anyway, he agreed to that. Um, and this was before Thielen had his target. So I was still ahead. So I was point. To no, I was 0.3 up, and I uh -huh. thought, okay, well, I, but that was when Boone had Boone was struggling at that stage, and they brought in the guy who was backing him up anyway. To cut another long story short, which I've done that for a few, a few of these ones, and I apologize for that. Um, I ended up winning that league by 0.1. That thing I showed you had us both even, he had the defense of Baltimore. There was a stat correction on the oh. Thursday. He got an extra point one, or I think an extra point. Sorry, I was one point, whatever. He got an extra point from that that tied him. He hasn't looked at this site since then. <laughs> so on this, it says I'm first place. He's paid out. I got all my money, so I'm all good for right. that. He's not realized that what they've done is they've gone on regular season scoring. Now. Normally, you can get maybe get ties on the same points. It's rare you get ties on a point something. A point something yeah. something, it's ridiculous. So on this page, it says I'm in first place. But then on the other page, it's got me sitting second behind right. him because I didn't score as many points during the regular season. So I don't think it's ever been as close. But Mike Boone is someone I don't, I don't care if he's the Christian McCaffrey in four years' time. He ain't coming near my squad. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't that's think you have to worry about that with Mike Boone. Right there. <laughs> Where's he now? Is he still there? No, I don't think so. Is he? I don't, I don't yeah. think he's in Minnesota. Is he? Is yep. He? Yeah, they brought. Well, they have the that. same four backs. Cook, oh. Madison, Boone, and Abdullah. Oh, Abdullah. Jeez. I, I just wonder how I'd get on in a league of, of – I think I'd be happy in a, in, a, in a league of 12 with experts. I think I'd be happy to finish 11th. <laughs> and that, that that would that would be a success for me. I mean, it's it's like anything. You've got to know your ability. But I'd much rather. It's like I'm a competitive guy. I'd much rather play pool or someone something against players that are better than me because I've got to. It's like Andy Murray at the tennis. Andy mm -hmm. Murray had to raise his game. He had Djokovic. He had Federer. He had Nadal. He had to raise his game. Otherwise, he would just sink. So they helped him raise their game. And I just wondered if I played with better players at fantasy, would that help my game? And can I learn from it? Because I do all the research I can. And I've picked up my ability in Dynasty um, to an extent. But playing against you guys on a weekly basis must be bloody hard. 
It makes things interesting. Me and Dennis are in our fair share of leagues, and it's a it's almost an act of God sometimes to get some trades by by with some of us because we, we all feel like we know more than the other person. It's it makes it interesting, that's for sure. I can imagine who normally comes out and talk. By the way, me. Sure, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Um, uh, I, Matt and I were too heavily invested in our real life teams. That yeah, I mean that is my year. problem last year. I am I am very heavily invested in a this guy. Well, you can't see him, but Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. And that really cost me last year. I, I'm very heavily invested in those two guys. So yeah, they, they were overhyped and overranked last year. That was that was last year the the hard knocks year as well. Yes, no, that was yeah. two years. No, that was two, two, years. two years ago. So last was, year was, was the Raiders. Oh yeah, yeah that was a. That was a, a, a damp squib. Um, the autumn wind is a raider. Yeah, they didn't give them much last year um, for, for the Raiders. But the Browns' hard knocks was fine. I think they'll be all right next season. There was so much hype. They, they go from like zero or one wins the year before to suddenly yeah. Super Bowl content. I mean, come on. Come on. By the way, if you two, um, Dennis and Matt, end up kind of level on points, the deciding uh, point is this jersey was who and when? Which is that? Is that a Dolphins jersey? Nope. Mm-mm. It's got to be Vikings. Nope. It looks like a Chargers jersey, but I could be wrong. Dan it's Marino's like college jersey. Oh, oh okay. Panthers. Yep. Yeah. There you Very go. Very nice. Because my uh, Ryan Tannehill one got lost in the post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I want to ask you a couple more. Uh, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. No, his Ryan Tannehill's in Tennessee now. His jersey. Oh, oh yeah, I know. It can, he did all right last year, but when when your partner, when your wife gets more attention on draft night than you, then that's a red flag straight away. Yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you a couple more of these questions, and I, I want to jump back into some of your fantasy football teams. So, uh, Tua, what are your thoughts on him? Obviously, leads right into it with that jersey you've got on the Marino. Do you think he can be the next Marino for the Dolphins? No, no one can. Uh, that's what got me and many others into into the game. But I'm sure Dan will be there to give him advice and and help. Um, he, the way he carries himself in post game interviews and and whatever when he was at Bama was was outstanding. And he's he he was a man in in, in a kind of uh, a college student's jersey. Um, he's willing to learn. I think he's got a really good teacher in Fitzpatrick. And I think it's easy in the job that we all do. Um, to hype someone. They're the next coming. Look at Freddie Adu in soccer. He was going to be the next yeah. Pele, and look what happened to him. So I think we just need to be careful, and let's not have the pressure. If Fitzpatrick, this isn't this draft wasn't about the Dolphins this year. These two drafts should be coupled together, 2020 and 2021 for the Dolphins. They've still got the Texans' first-round pick as well as their own next year. They've got a right good number of picks. This draft was about next year, so let's not be daft with two of this year. Well, they shouldn't tank for Lawrence, that's for sure. <laughs> so I'm a huge Preston Williams fan. Yeah. He was my guy last year. Is he going to bounce back? Is he going to overtake Devontae Parker? Was Parker just a a mirage there? Or did he finally have – is he legitimate? It's 50 breakout. Yeah. I remember um, being in a bar when Parker was drafted. That was the one we wanted, and he's not done much. I, I, the analogy I would use here is with Jalen Rager, and I think he had a freshman throwing to him in his, his last year at, at, at college, and I think only 31% of the throws that were catchable for, for Rager. Yeah. Part of the wide receiver is only as good as the quarterback you've got throwing to him, and 
and Preston Williams um, last year. It was hit or a miss when you've got some high-scoring games. I think the game against the Bengals at the end of the season was, was really high-scoring. Um, but, I mean, it, it depends. He'll have, a lot of them will have learned from it. You'll learn more adversity than, than sometimes you do through through just kind of success. I mean, you, you, you watch where Michael Jordan was on the last dance and how desperate he was to get that championship before he finally got one in 91. That's all a learning curve. So as long as Preston Williams and Parker, to an extent, can can learn from that. It's guys that you want, and this is why I like about Flores. It's guys that you want around you who aren't scared. They don't go hiding when things are getting bad. They they want to stand up. They want the ball. They don't care if they drop it or whatever, but they want to show for it. That's what I think he's building at, at the Dolphins. So I think whether it's Fitzpatrick or whatever, you don't want to be in a position in two years' time if you're Parker or if you're Williams, knowing that you've got this super hot quarterback and and two are throwing to you don't want to be looking from the sidelines on because you've had a poor 2020 so that's what i'd be saying saying to the wide receivers as well this isn't a short-term project yeah i was surprised that they extended uh alan hearns and he he just seems like he's he he seems like he he's just a guy that's gonna be there because he does a bunch of little things you know he had had a a decent year we had kenny stills as well didn't we i mean Guys like like Hearns and others, they're not starters. They're maybe just design play guys that, that come in. Um, there's a reason for them. That's the other thing. And, and this is where us as fans are, are great at being hypocrites and, and criticizing whatever. We don't see them every day. We hardly yeah. see them at all in, in training and in practice. We don't know what they're doing. It could show a lot in practice. There's a lot of practice or training ground internationals, as we used to call them in in football, um, guys that are stars in the practice field but just can't do it. But we don't see them. So there's a reason why Hearns is still there. And I'll trust the coaching staff over something I've read on the internet. Yeah, we, we get a lot of that. I live here in Columbus, Ohio, with Ohio State. And so we, we see a lot of spring game heroes here for the Buckeyes. Spring game heroes. So you talked about David Johnson and how you think he's going to bounce back this year. Who do you think is going to – who's going to be the bust? Who's going to disappoint for fantasy in your your estimation? Just with the Dolphins or with any team? With any team. Um, I, I don't want to say Kyler Murray because I might try and draft him and get there. But it's just anyone who's been overhyped, whether there's there's a, a kind of specific. I mean, so today, this this is how kind of I've got other things to do. I've got a two-year-old daughter. I've got a wife. But no, I'm, I'm doing an ESPN mock draft for the new season, not because I want to see who's taking who where, it's where they've got everyone. You know when you go in, um, they've got like one, two, three, all the way down. So yeah. McCaffrey, Thomas, this is their, their top ten. Thomas, Barkley, Elliot, Cook, Kamara, Adams, Hopkins, Jones, and Hill are their top ten. So, again, that's based on, on projections um, for the new season. Um, I mean, I, I think all of them are, are probably going to be fine. I'm interested to see how Hopkins does in, in Arizona. And I was speaking earlier about Christian Kirk. Could he take a hit? Well, maybe the top coverage will be on, on Hopkins. So maybe the secondary uh, corner or whoever, um, someone like Kirk might get might get the benefit of. I'll, I'll be intrigued to see how the guys do at Tampa. I've picked up Godwin, but Brady, I, I, Brady like I think Godwin. will be good, doesn't he? Yeah, I like Godwin as well. Um, deep threats. Did you see the, uh, the Buccaneers are opening at the Saints? Week one. Are they really? They just I dropped it. Yeah. I, I saw that the as it the Saints and the Vikings are playing on Christmas Day. That was released earlier. Yeah, and um, uh, our teams are playing week six in Miami. 
Broncos. Oh, okay. Who's the Who's the Dolphins? Which division are the AFC playing? AFC East. Which yeah. NFC division? Uh, I don't know about. Uh, I didn't see the Dolphins full schedule. I looked at Denver's. Um, um, the what, Denver the what, killed me. They released theirs in a uh, video, uh, like the montage of the Full House credits uh, with John Elway riding a scooter. I, I almost <laughs> had to, almost had to drop myself off the video for a minute. It looks like. Well, I see the Dolphins <laughs> are playing uh, the Saints as well in week. Uh, oh, never mind. That's preseason. I'm looking at the wrong thing here. I was trying to pull up the Dolphins one. I don't see. There's dropped on here yet. I'll have to look for it. If there's one guy, Matt, I would say, and it's a guy I traded away um, to get David Johnson. Uh, and I had him last year, and I had fun with him towards the end of last year, but I still don't think we used him enough. Aaron Jones of the Packers. Um, I'm still not convinced about. Uh, I know they drafted a running back. Uh, I think Jamal Williams will still be involved. He'll, he'll still be the number one Jones, but I just wonder what, what Rodgers is going to do. Is Rodgers going to throw it all the time? Um, and if so, who's he going to throw it to? apart from Devontae Adams. So Jones, for me, might be someone that I might not be targeting. Uh, Drake, I think, is going too high at 16. Um, let's see. And other guys, Fournette, I don't know. I'm not, he, he could be anything, Fournette. Does he believe that he wants to have a good season? Because he's got all the ability in the world, but what's his work ethic well, like? He's playing for a contract. Exactly. Yeah. Where, where are they? <laughs> Yeah, they're playing the NFC South, by the way, or not the uh, the NFC West. I'm sorry, Seattle, San Francisco, Rams, and Cardinals. The Dolphins. I, think what, oh, I wonder what they might what they might do is, um, given what we're going through right now, if they'll have kind of back to back away trips so they can stay on the West Coast um, and do that for the the kind of AFC East teams. Uh, it would make life a hell of a lot easier travel wise if they were able just to to stay there. Well, well, I got for a, that second game. Uh, Interesting little question for you here because I actually uh, on an earlier podcast talked about how I think the Dolphins have a chance to win the East this year. I, I am not as big a believer in the Jets or Buffalo as some other people are. I do think New England takes a step back, whether it's Fitzpatrick playing this entire year. Brian Flores had that team playing really well last year with, I think it's fair to say, okay players to scrubs. And they brought in a lot of talent in free agency. I thought they had one of the best drafts this year as well. They open up with the reigning defending champs yeah. in the AFC East in the New England Patriots. So what do you think the Dolphins do? Wait, this do season? you want me to read their schedule real quick? Because I just pulled the whole thing up for you. Yeah. Okay, so Miami opens uh, with the Patriots. Week I two, Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, week three, Jacksonville Jaguars. Week four, home for Seattle. So Week one is away at New England, home to Buffalo, away at the Jaguars. Week one's away. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Week four is home at Seattle. I was trying to figure out their color scheme. Week five is at San Francisco. Week six is at Denver. So, two, you were wondering, would they do kind of a West Coast, maybe stay over there? San Francisco, Denver, two, back-to-back. Uh, -back. And then they're home against the Los Angeles Rams. And Chargers. Uh, oh, wait. Chargers first, then Rams. They get L.A. back-to-back -back in week seven and eight. Then they're at the Arizona Cardinals week nine. Home for the New York Jets week 10. Get a week 11 bye kind of late. Oh, then you at the, at the Jets uh, week 12. Home for the Bengals week 13. Home for the Chiefs week 14. Home for the Patriots week 15. And then you end the season with two road games. 
at the Las Vegas Raiders than at the Buffalo Bills. So, Kevin, it's, it's, it's pretty tough. Um, is it, I think you said the NFC West is our NFC division, yeah. so that's yeah, that's not easy. Um, that's tough one. The more I think of it, that start's not bad, because you're going to have to get them at some stage, and I'd rather... I mean, how much nerves is Stidham going to have if he's yeah. starting? So, yeah, it's okay. well, I'd take that in a heartbeat. But yeah, it's going to be different there. I, I've I've gone up there many times for for Patriots Dolphins games, living uh, here in Connecticut. It's only a, a couple of hours drive. So um, I, I wasn't at the game that we won because no one gave us any hope. Uh, so yeah, it's, we've got a good record against them at home. So yeah. I can't recall the last time we went there and won back to back games because we have a chance of doing that this year for the first time in goodness knows how long. But you have to think, you know, week one in in New England, if it's Stidham, it's his first start, and you guys That's what I'm saying. Yeah. in some great mm-hmm. corners. So that might be the most ideal time to go in there, and you have to figure the New England fan base might be a little flatter than normal. Yeah, let, yeah. Let, me answer, let me answer the question that you asked five minutes ago, now with a proper answer rather than a, po- a political answer or a politician's answer. Someone who I had last year, and I just I, I really started him towards the end of the season was Sony Michel. Mm-hmm. That would be my guy. I, I'm not touching him. He could be dropped to two rounds below where everyone else had him. I'm still not having him because I don't know what they're going to do with him. So I'm I, I can't have Sony Michel. Yeah. What do you, you think, Damian Harris will push him out of the way? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There. I mean. There's options, but I, I just well, they didn't Sony really. Michelle's a tough one to read. They did, what they're going to do? They, uh, they had lost quite a few kind of pieces on their offensive line. I think going into last year, which was probably what hindered them a little bit. I haven't seen them fundamentally fix a lot of that. And if they don't have much of a threat in the passing game, their offense might be hard to watch. Mm. Um, but as as hard to watch as my PC right now because. Not knowing how long I was going to be on for tonight, I didn't bother bringing down the charging cable. So um, if I disappear, I apologize. That's okay. So we, we only have a couple more quick questions. So your bust is basically value-based. You look and see who you think is going, going to get drafted above their value. Let's talk personally. Who's your favorite fantasy player? I love watching McCaffrey. I've never owned him. Never owned him because um, – I just either I haven't had the faith in picking him where I've I've had him, but I just I love his hunger for the game. I love what he does, and he's gonna he's gonna be number one. He's gonna be number one next year. Um, right now in a twelve team league, would I want to pick first and pick twenty fourth, knowing I'd get McCaffrey? Um, I don't know. I haven't really thought too much about that. If you get, if you got the choice right now, the three of you about if I if I gave you the number one pick and you're on a twelve team PPR, but obviously you're not getting another pick till twenty four and twenty five, are you taking that knowing you're getting McCaffrey, or if you were to choose your landing spot, where would you go? I know my answer. So, you I, guys want to go first? Honestly, for me, it depends on my mood. Uh, <laughs> I could just as easily stay put and pick at one and twenty-four. I could trade back. Uh, I I actually had McCaffrey on a team last year that went five and eight. And I uh see gosh, who was my I had Brissett as my quarterback, one QB league, and 
I had Hoyer, Brissett. I, I didn't. I, I so going into the season, I didn't have a quarterback. I traded uh, McCaffrey and the 108 in a 16 team league uh, for the three, four, and five. And so I, I got. I ended, and then I ended up trading. I drafted Acres at five, and I traded him and another pick for the 109 and something else and took Tua. So I ended up with Taylor and uh, Edwards, Alaire, Tua, and I think Brian Edwards or Michael Pittman in the first, I think, 18 picks of a 16-teamer. So uh, uh, did we lose him or did we just lose his picture? Oh, I'm, I'm not sure. It just uh, looks like – Well, he, he, he was telling he us a minute ago was about his computer die. was dying. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, we oh, probably well. lost him altogether. I mean, I can yeah. do no, he, that he, for a minute. Yeah. He's, yeah. So, anyways, well, I think Mark was a great guest. Yep. Yeah. yeah it was He's a lot more about. knowledgeable than he gives himself credit for. Yeah, for sure. I was trying to uh, – oh, hang on. There we oh. go. Maybe that, oh, there we right. go. You got, there what, you got the cord? <laughs> no, I'm on, the, I'm on the cell phone. So I've, oh, okay. got, I've got I've got five minutes. So uh, five minutes. apologies, but at least I warned no, you. No, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, uh, we're so already about thirty minutes quick. over. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm I was sorry. like, I'll it's our typical. We do if that we every week. We don't hit ninety minutes. We're okay. not trying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I I prefer to draft from so like you, eight. So you're. Yeah, I like to draft from the. Oh, sorry, Matt. Yeah, I think Matt and I are the same. I like being if especially in startup. Uh, down at the end, which my least favorite is probably being dead in the middle. And every startup I've done this off season, I've been like pick six or seven out of 12, just to challenge my will to live, I guess. <laughs> what did you go, Matt? Did you take one one People offered it? No, I would, I would draft a between anywhere between eight and 12. I just prefer that back end. I think the, mm-hmm. the value on running back and wide receiver there is still too good. You can still get, you end up getting, in my opinion, likely a top five running back and wide receiver right there on the turn. So that, that's where I prefer to pick because I, I like to get a wide receiver and a running back that I can build my team on in those first two rounds and then kind of plan my draft out the rest. That That's how I tend to tend to do it. If I had the one one I'd be fine with it. I think starting with Christian McCaffrey, I'd actually probably go Barkley just because I believe in him a little bit more. I think he's younger. Had a bad year last year, but I would still probably go Barkley, be a little bit controversial there. And I think I could be fine coming back around, but I prefer to go 8 through 12 if I had my choice. Yeah. I I like picking at the back end, too. 12. Yeah. But if I had 101, I'd probably just take Drew Locke and forget it. Yeah. <laughs> Drew Locke. All right, so I know you only got a couple more minutes. So, you have any uh, any other questions you want to ask us before we get out of here? I don't want to. We don't want to kill your phone battery as well. Nope, we can't hear you now. Or can you guys hear him? I can't hear him. I can't hear. No. Did you hit the mute button, Mark? No. Hmm. Nope. No. Yeah, I still can't hear you. This portion of the show brought to you by the American Sign Language Society. Right. Oh, I'll, I'll make sure to edit <laughs> yeah, it. You can hear us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can hear us. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll make I'll make sure to edit this part out on the podcast. That way, <laughs> all, all the people watching right now are trying to figure out what's going on. So. Yeah, that's all right. Well, all right. he waved He's, goodbye. Oh, so, did he? I thought he said two seconds. I thought he put oh, two. Uh, maybe yeah, I think he said two seconds. Oh, okay. Did you get? Went, did you look at the Browns' schedule yet? I went. I did. I, I'm I'm hoping and praying that they that something happens with this stuff because we got the Cowboys in Week Four, and I would love to be able to be at that game. Uh, I was just texting my big dynasty league about that because uh, they're all Cowboys. Okay. Is that working out? That is yeah. working. We can hear you. <laughs> there we go. All right. I've five minutes with this, and I think um, everyone will be annoyed with me. So my apologies. No, you're good. It doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. It just matters what we think. So any more questions for us that you've got any with any of your other dynasty leagues before we get out of here? Right. For some reason, I'm having the same issue I had just when I went to the phone. I can hear Dennis. I can hear Matt, but I can't hear. Uh, the other Matt who's just asked the question. So oh, okay. he was asking. Do you have any other questions for us before we get <laughs> yeah. out of here? Yeah. How do I fix this audio issue? <laughs> <laughs> any other questions we can possibly answer before? Yeah. We'll, we'll send you a box of stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you so much for, for having me on. And uh, apologies for, for the last five minutes. I'm now going to go into the waiver wire and see if I can get a better safety than, uh, than Mr. Mr. Walker. Um, at uh, at the Lions, but uh, I'll be an avid follower now that I'm a proper subscriber going forward. So thank you for having me, and uh, I'll already await eagerly your next articles uh, coming out, so I can see what I can do. Right. Well, we're we've been putting out a series of articles started a couple days ago of different nerd herd writers are recapping their actual drafts, actual rookie drafts they're in. So that's what mm-hmm. we've got coming okay. out. And uh, some IDP articles this week as well. Good. I'll be paying particular attention to them. Right on. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Mark. Yeah. Dennis, yeah. Matt, Matt, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate any time you guys um, want to hear someone that talks way too much, then uh, give us a shout. You fit right in. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> go Dolphins. Yeah. Go uh, Dolphins. Yeah. Go Broncos. Fins up. Yeah. Lions. Yeah. Thanks, boys. Take care. Later. Thank you, guys. All right. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wall line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump at me. Golly! Only oh, tackle in the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs>